Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for AMC's The Walking Dead. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're going to be discussing Season 2, Episode 5, entitled Chupacabra, a.k.a. Goat Sucker. E. Chupa. <laughs> cool title. I like the title. Uh, no jabba, e. Chupacabra. <laughs> oh, boy. This is going to be a weird episode, folks. I'm going to do it entirely in Huttese. <laughs> we're a little high-strung tonight. Uh, before we get into the recap tonight, do you have any news? Uh, let me check my outline. Um, That's a good still idea. Still grooving through the tunes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, the news I have is to pimp our Amazon site. Uh, it's going okay. to be, you know, you don't want to fuck with the Black Friday crap and uh-huh. get trampled underneath a thousand people at Walmart, Walking Dead style. Uh, check out Amazon. More to the point, check out baldmove.amazon.com. Anything you buy on a site throughout the holiday season. No, don't do that. Why? Go to amazon.baldmove.com. Oh, thank That's you. Better. Yeah, the other would not resolve. It's no. amazon.baldmove.com. Anything you buy through our affiliate link, we get a teeny, teeny, tiny percentage, like ridiculously small. Yeah, um, helps cover the cost of hosting the show. I mean, that's all we that's stuff. all we try to do. We try to each month offset the humongous bandwidth bill that we get for hosting gigabytes. I think we're in the gigabytes. One point twenty one gigabytes <laughs> of data <that laughs> pass through our yeah. pipes. Cool, cool. Okay. Uh, also, um, you know, we had the like kind of like an informal poll amongst the listeners for what we should cover next, and we're getting mm-hmm. big love for Boardwalk Empire and Homeland, two front the two front owners for show coverage. We got a little bit more American Horror Story love, but I'm mm-hmm. not, not I'm not going to do well, that. It doesn't have the audience for one. I think it's at like one point something million. And well, I hate to tell even you, even if you got Boardwalk every... Empire and Homeland, but oh really? <laughs> the thing is, is it beating is, it out. Uh, Boardwalk Empire does not have any other podcasts. Wait, maybe American Horror for, Story had like 11 million. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of Homeland has a super small. Well, they're not a network. There's no way a cable mm. show has 11 million. No, but. Walking Dead does. 11 million? Yeah, it's like 10 million. No way. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. I don't believe you. Broke records. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to do American Horror Story. Uh, we did get one person mentioned we should try doing Louie, which is the Louis C.K. Oh, yeah. But we've talked about, like, it's it's very hard to cover comedy. I don't know how you – unless you're pointing out, like, oh, this was a slapstick form of comedy yeah. joke here. This joke. I see what you did there. That, Good one. That one part where they're funny, it was funny. Yeah. How how do you cover There's no comedy? deeper meeting, meanings and care. Maybe I should give because I, I haven't actually seen Louie. I hear it's really good. Maybe we cover the the comedy shows like dramas. So we, we pick apart all the, the loose ends and holes in the Take plot. Take all the joy. Yeah. Crack the bones open and soak all the joyful marrow suck out. Suck the air out of the room. Yep. I think we should get to the recap. I do too because this segment is sucking the air out of the room. Yes. All right. <laughs> then let's get right into the show. Uh, it starts off with a, in my opinion, really cool highway flashback. I've been saying this for... The entire season, pretty much, since episode one. They need more flashbacks. And yeah. we've gotten a couple of them. What's the opposite of kryptonite? Uh, Superman. <laughs> okay, so flashbacks <laughs> are this show's Superman. Yes, they are. And they need to charge up with the yellow sun as much as possible, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. I can get with that. Uh, so, great sh- great start to the show, in my opinion. It was really cool to see, like, the napalm in the streets and the links that they went to to try to stop this thing before it really broke out. I will say that apparently zombies, when they are deprived of human flesh, they get into urban renewal. 
<laughs> because I'll be damned if Rick drove through Napalm streets in yeah. Atlanta. So I think that's, you know, maybe zombies aren't all bad after all. Yeah. <laughs> they're excellent <laughs> pavers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> excellent. They clean. They're like they're like meth, and, meth addicts. They just sit there and, you know. I bet that, that barn is the cleanest barn you've oh, ever seen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no hay it, in it's, there at It's all. immaculate. No poops. Nope. Zombie poops. Nope. Nope. They're fastidious, those zombies. <laughs> all right. Next scene, then. Uh well, also with that flashback, it did a lot to show the the kind of relationship that Laurie and Shane had, you know, after the everything happened and, like, what they went through together to kind of connect them a little bit. So it gives you a little bit more background as to why they might have hooked up so soon after uh, the apocalypse. Plus, we, Rick was gone. We got another Ed sighting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's back. He strikes me as a real soldier of fortune, soldier of fortune magazine reader type. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, even more so than Daryl. Operational security. No, man, Daryl wouldn't talk about operational security oh, vis-a-vis, uh, you know, <laughs> having a granola bar. Uh-huh. Come on, man. Anyone who says operational security, unless you're currently serving the special forces, mm-hmm. you're probably a soldier, a Fortune magazine type hmm. douchebag. Okay. Just I saying. Never read it, so I wouldn't know. Uh, next scene, Carol is planning to cook dinner for Herschel. Um, they show Lori oversleeping, which I thought was good for... A couple of reasons. A, she's pregnant, so she's probably got some weird things going on with her body. Also... Plus, the more time she spends to sleep, the less time she can annoy the piss out of me. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, it shows that the group is starting to feel secure in this place already. Like, they've... Lori's certainly let her guard down. She's sleeping heavier. She's uh, not paying attention to the zombies as much. So, they're, they're getting a little comfortable here. Maybe a little too comfortable. Yes. So we'll see how that works out for them probably next episode, <laughs> I'm hoping. Do um, you have anything more to say about that, or let's move on? Nope. So then the group plans the hunt for Sophia, who has been missing now for 184 days. Much, it really... much, much less exciting than Hunt for Red October, I'll tell you. <laughs> Way less exciting. I'm ready for this movie to be over. Less pork chops, too. <laughs> much far, less. Far less. Um, I, I don't know. I thought it was cool that... That Shane is really just turning into Mr. Survival here. He's like, hey, look, kid, you don't need to go with us. Because the kid comes up and he's like, I want to go with you um, to find Sophia. Right. And he's like, you don't need to go until you've got gun training. Right. And I'm a certified trainer. I will train you tomorrow. But for now, stay back. And the kid's like, no, I'm going anyway. And and Rick's all about letting people go into the woods un- unexperienced and unarmed. Yeah. Like, what is it going on? It worked out so well for him the last time. It really did. Yeah. He's sticking with the trend. Um, also, I noticed a Hyundai in the foreground of a shot, like the symbol right in the screen. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned Hyundai in the last, like, two episodes ago or something. Well, I believe Hyundai. So I think they're a sponsor. They also do. There's a there's a zombie commercial theme commercial that they have, isn't there? Oh, is that right? I thought so. Or is that a Toyota? Um, I know there was a Microsoft one uh, with the underwater zombie shark fight. Well, yeah, but that wasn't a special for Walking Dead, was it? No. Huh. All right. Okay. Anyway. Um, Air sucked out of room. Yeah. So moving on to the next scene. Uh, Glenn fails at guitar. Andy fails at seduction. Uh, he's <laughs> Glenn out there. is not succeeding at shit right now. <laughs> no, no. They need to get him on a computer playing some StarCraft yeah. and some zombies. They, <laughs> or planning urban combat. He's yeah. good at that, too. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So maybe that'll come in handy. Oh, one thing I want to mention in news um, – that we actually watched season one in a fan edit form. Mm. You want to pimp that fan edit? Uh, yeah, it's called Walking Dead Apocalypse. I don't know. I think you can find it at fanedit.org. 
um, is where I found it. It basically what it does is it takes the first season of The Walking Dead, edits it down to about three and a half hours. Just yeah, yeah, and they take it from Rick's perspective. So when Rick is out of the camp, you don't see the bullshit that's going on in the camp. Yeah, and the they must have taken like two and a half hours out of this thing, right? Yeah. So the two and a half hours of bullshit that you don't see, in my opinion, is totally unnecessary because this is a much more exciting and just as satisfying show yeah. in three and a half hours of season one versus the six. It would be interesting to see someone that watched it that hadn't seen the first season yeah. Um, because see if they like missed different things about Amy and mm-hmm. her sister and all that. But honestly, for someone that's seen it all before, I was like riveted. I'm yeah. like, this is really moving along fast-paced. and It fixes all the pacing issues that I saw. Yes. Really, yes. really well. So go check that out. It's called Walking Dead Apocalypse. Um, where were we? Oh, yeah. Glenn's trying to seduce Maggie. Uh, massive failure, right? Like, he's tried a few times now, and he keeps trying the same game. I guess it worked, technically, for him, right? Well, I mean, I guess, in the sense that he is almost the last man living. <laughs> so in that type of scenario, he is having some success. So so go Glenn. Yeah, good job, buddy. Yeah. Um. All right, well, let's move on then. Uh, Shane then tries to convince Rick to call off the search. Um, and I thought this was a really good scene. They're walking in the woods. Um, they're talking about the old days and their success or lack thereof for Rick with women. Um, and it. It provides another one of those insights they do every once in a while with Rick and Shane where they kind of go and recount stories and the good old days about society. But then Shane turns it on uh, its head and says, we can't think about that stuff. We can't talk about that because that's never coming back. So Shane's being like, he he knows what's up. And I feel like Rick still doesn't. Rick is still fighting the fights that you would fight back in the old world. You think killing Otis kind of unlocked that about him? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, He had a realization when he, in my opinion, did what he had to do, you know? I mean... So you've come back around. You think that that was, if not noble, at least necessary evil? Yeah, and I don't know how much it's affected him. I can't tell yet because... He at at the time he that he did it, he understandably seemed very distraught about it. Um, but now he seems to be I don't know if he's forgetting like he told Andrea to do or yeah, that was it. or what, but he it doesn't seem to be affecting him emotionally very much. No, and I don't know if there's gonna be um some more kind of chickens come home to roost as a result of that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I seemed like shaving his head and throwing that rock on the Otis pile. Yeah, completely got him over yeah. any feelings of guilt or doubt about all the situation his love for all. Otis was in his hair. Now it's gone. <laughs> as long as he keeps that hair short, <laughs> it's like the anti Samson. Uh, yes, his strength is yes. in his bald head. Yeah, but he's he's absolutely spot on about Sophia. I think like he is becoming super survival man, uh, and he tells Rick like if this were before the apocalypse, uh, we'd have seventy two hours before we consider this a body, not a person. Right, and that was before all this shit yeah. happening. And I think that does shake Rick a little bit. Rick, Rick yeah. acknowledges it. He says, right. yeah. And then when he comes back, he's talking to Lori, um, which we'll get to in a minute, but he he seems very shaken by that. Now, what do you think? Because I thought it was odd. They at least acknowledge the fact that Daryl found evidence of a child living in an abandoned house. Yes. Why do you think they didn't follow that up? 
like maybe station someone at the house in case mm-hmm. you'd come back? I mean, why would a little girl <laughs> not stay where she's found shelter and food? I don't know. They they did it totally off screen. So we the, he never told right. anybody about it that we saw. Right. Um, but he obviously did. So I we don't know what he told him. Did he tell him, hey, I knew so, I knew she wasn't going to come back to there because of A, B, and C? Or or what is it? I don't know what information Daryl has about that or insight into the situation. I don't know. So maybe he knows better than us. Maybe he's just like, yeah, she's not coming back. <laughs> she left a note. I'm never coming back here. <laughs> yeah, they just this didn't house is drafty. all off screen. <laughs> house drafty she's gonna, i couldn't get eight solid hours smart 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 phone out and yelp <laughs> give it like a super <laughs> negative review f minus yeah accommodations unsatisfactory <laughs> i found dirty sheets pool closed <laughs> all right let's go ahead and move on um so speaking of daryl and sophia daryl finds sophia's doll and of course gets an arrow in his side and this is this takes place over the course of a a couple scenes here um, what did you think about this? Well, first of all, this is the first time since probably this first season that I've actually seen the writers do something clever with symbolism. What was that? That they had the broken doll, you know, kind of swept underneath that tree at the bottom of the gully. Uh-huh. And then it, um, Daryl came to rest at the exact spot, you know, a broken rag uh-huh. doll himself. And I was like, ah, I see what you did there. Tip of the gotcha. cap. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, but I liked it. Uh, at first, I yeah, I, I, I liked everything. Are we going to talk about the Merle thing? And all, yeah, and all? Okay, Definitely. so let's just, just deconstruct this whole scene. Sure. Another thing that I think they did really well is I think that this show has had a cardinal sin of telling us things mm-hmm. rather than doing us. I mean, they could have done the scene with five minutes with Dale or Daryl pouring his heart out to Rick yeah. about – I'm just so confused about the group, uh-huh. and my brother raised me to be like this, and uh, you know all that stuff. But instead, they had this, you know, flashback hallucination where they simultaneously showed where Daryl came from, how he became mm-hmm. the man he is, and yeah. also showed us how he didn't become the man that Merle was. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. Like in just five minutes of really good, of, of very economical writing and character development, they did both of those objectives, and I thought yeah. it was awesome. I was actually, you know, slow clapping the writers at that point. Yeah, that was a. Very in fact, I want to say scene. that this episode was seventy five percent way its way to to earning like a B rating for me. Mm-hmm. You know, good, not great, until we got to the scene which I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time talking about, the one that made me rage out <laughs> on Facebook and in real life. Uh-huh. Um uh, but you know, again, Daryl's my favorite character, getting to know more about him, not a bad way to to spend a half hour. Yeah, absolutely. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything more we want to say about that. Daryl's using target arrows. I just realized that. Uh, I know people are going to jump all over us for this. They're bolts. We know. We know crossbows use bolts. Don't say they're not arrows. Really? Because yeah. um, Daryl called them arrows. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> well, there you if go. you're going to disagree with me, you gotta you got to <laughs> go through Daryl Dixon. I don't think yeah. you want to do that. Um, I was noticed it because um, apparently if those are real hunting bows or arrows or bolts, they would have you know broader blades and inflict damage. But those are yeah. kind of like what you'd shoot on a 
practice range hmm. or into a target. They're like straight. I'm assuming that's all you could find. Like, oh maybe oh, I picked up this crossbow and here are these. I figured it was his personal crossbow though, and you don't think so? I don't know. I don't know. The other thing is when he pulled the arrow through him, he pulled yeah. it where the flights, you know, where he pulled the feather side out. <laughs> yeah, why would you do that? The other was a straight end that actually tapers out. I don't know yeah. why you pull them feathers through. The only thing I can think of is maybe that he thought the tip was contaminated. Uh, maybe, because I know he's shooting these bolts at a lot of zombies, but... Why don't you think he... Oh, obviously, he's got to have some way to sterilize yeah, this. Yeah, he's I mean, He hunts off. with these damn things. For sure. Um, shoots wh- a squirrel with one. He does. Impressive. What, and then eats that squirrel raw. <laughs> yeah. Eats that tree rat. Uh, what did you think about him? Why didn't he pull the arrow out straight away? I don't know. I cannot figure that out. I mean, unless... Because he, he was shot through the love hand. He was stabbed through the love handle, basically. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't think there's any major arteries there. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I would... I guess it's like standard procedure if you were shot through the leg or like the armpit or something to not pull out an arrow because it might be all that's keeping the gush of blood from going through you, but... I'm thinking this is more of a WWMD moment. What would Merle do? Where, because Merle has kind of been the one motivating him and pushing him and everything, right? For his entire life. I think we see that. Because it wasn't his daddy. We know that. Exactly. It wasn't his mom. Um, I don't know that Daryl has ever been shot with an arrow before Um, i don't know so he's probably figuring out what to do when merle's talking to him yeah because merle's the one who comes up and says hey pull that thing out of your side right be able to dress your wound better um i think that was dale that was daryl like figuring out what would merle do Mm -hmm. Um, because he's the guy who trained me to be self-sufficient or self-reliant um and all these things so i gotta figure out what he would do and that's what he does wwmd yeah yeah, that's not a good philosophy to live your life by, actually. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> but it saved him here. So. What weapons of mass destruction? <laughs> okay. That's also the game Saddam like to ask. Yeah, yeah, the W. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> all right, moving on. Um, so this is when Rick comes back to Lori uh, after the hunt for Sophia, and he's looking for support, basically. He's, he's questioning, hey, are we doing the wrong thing by staying and looking for Sophia? Should we be moving on? Um and it definitely seems like Shane convinced him to at least think about this. I'm actually getting really tired of this navel-gazing by Rick. Yeah. Do you want to be the leader or not? If you want to be the leader, quit whining about it and start leading and, mm-hmm. you know, be confident and stop second-guessing yourself. If not, I don't know. But then, you know, I read the book 1776 about the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. And, boy, George Washington comes across as an indecisive moron. Like, yeah. he's always getting kind of like, you know, the be- his underlings are getting the best of him, and he loses control of staff meetings, and he's always questioning and whining about not having enough money and troops and all that kind of stuff. It's like, so maybe all leaders are like this behind the closed doors. Yeah. So, who knows? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, he's questioning things again. Um, so, in the next scene, <laughs> Daryl's climbing up the hill, and he falls down again, which I thought was hilarious. I right. mean... You're going to make it fall down the hill twice. Mm-hmm, really? Mm-hmm. This Brutal. time with an arrow through you? Yeah, yeah. So then Merle finally comes. and or No, this isn't where Merle comes. Before that, um, you get a scene with Rick and Herschel talking. Mm-hmm. Do, do we have anything to say about Daryl falling down the hill? I just thought it was funny. No. Okay. So then Rick and Herschel talk about... Um, ah, what do they talk about? The, they're they, over by the generator. They're talking about... Um, 
how they need to have proper communication oh. about their people. Yeah, yeah. And they come to the, an uneasy alliance that uh, you want anything with my people, you come through me. If you want anything with my people, you come through me. Yeah, and I, man, it's hard to see a two-leader system working out here. And I know why Herschel is doing this. He's doing it to keep the group separate mm -hmm. so they don't have to mix in and then they can kick them out of there eventually. What well, seems like he's really, this episode, regretting giving Rick's people the chance. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, basically everyone else around him is connecting with this group and it's looking more and more like they're going to stay and that's the last thing he wants to happen. Well, but I don't know why that is. Again, like last see, last episode, what changed at this point in the episode that, oh, I guess that they took one of his horses and they took mm -hmm. one of the boys without even mentioning it to him. Yeah. Um, they pureed it. They slaughtered a zombie and bled him into his well. <laughs> that probably <laughs> didn't go over that well. <laughs> yeah. Good job, guys. I wonder uh, if he even knows about that. It does seem like by the end of the episode, he's really tired and it's I, I thought it was kind of funny when he says it's a it's a wonder you mo you you people have survived this long. I'm like, yes, yeah, they're idiots. I'm glad you noticed that. And see, all right, I have to say that this episode, I, when I first saw it, I didn't like it. I thought oh. this is a crappy episode. I went back and I rewatched it today, preparing the outline, and I actually liked it way way better. It's really good, except for the Andrea part. It is, it is. Um, but one thing that it did is it kind of changed my mind a little bit on the series as a whole because I see Shane now becoming this survival guy who is saying every single thing that the audience is saying. Let's abandon this girl. Let's leave her. She's dead already. There's no way she's coming back. Let's get out of here. We need to survive. Yeah, and spoiler. And, well, go ahead. Uh, well, and I was going to say, and Rick is doing the opposite. Uh, Andrea's making stupid decisions. Dale's doing stupid. Everybody's doing stupid things around Shane. I feel like that's part of the show. Yeah, I mean, Star Trek had that. Uh, you know, Kirk and Spock were usually... Spock was trying to tell what the cold, logical thing, and mm -hmm. Kirk was always the one to talk about, like, you know... Or I guess McCoy was the one to be like, damn your Vulcan blood. And yeah. Kirk would be the one to kind of mediate and choose. So it's like, I guess... You know, do we have like a big three with Rick and Shane and Daryl here? Uh, I think so. I, and certainly um, that kind of struggle between losing your humanity or maintaining it in this horrible situation, that's always been part of the show. Yeah. But I think what we're kind of mistaking for stupid stupidity on the part of the writers might be just stupidity on the part of the characters. Like, they want them to make mistakes to show... No, I'm sorry. There's nothing that you can do to excuse the well scene. That was The well scene? Bullshit. Yeah, it was, was pretty dumb. Um, the, the shit with Andrea later on is pretty dumb, too. And the whole, like, multiple appeals to God, you know, the, the Jesus and the church and, and, and the general... Just me meandering. Yeah, there's. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I agree. And in fact, spoiler alert in the spoiler section, which if you don't know our policy, mm. don't freak out. We don't talk about spo spoilers until after we play the outro music, you know, 10 to 15 seconds, 20 seconds of that. Then we talk mm. about the spoilers for the next episode and also comic book spoilers. We actually had a lot of really insightful things that the listeners wrote in to talk about, about that Shane dynamic and Rick dynamic. Yeah. How it differs from the comic book and some of the similarities. Mm-hmm. Which I can't wait to talk about. But, yeah. So I, I see um, how they're kind of, you know, struggling with 
getting that integrated. And I also think it's interesting that the the best character, the most interesting one, is Daryl, who's not in the comic books. Yeah. I almost feel like this show consciously tries to zig when the comic zags because mm. they almost like, well, we don't want to set out and make the whole comic just like – or the TV show just like the comic. So we're going to deliberately change stuff and they feel almost paralyzed where mm. we have to do something different with these characters, put a little spin. Where Daryl, a whole original character, they can just – not worry about it and write him well. Uh, I think that's a mistake. It's like yeah. the reason Game of Thrones was so good is because they're like, damn, this source material is good. Mm-hmm. We're going to film that, and then we're going to riff on the peripheries. Like, So they're going to play up the homosexual angle between the king's brother and the mm-hmm. knight of flowers, and we're going to do some other subtle things. But it was you know, just, just kind of like doing some subtle shading, where here they really invert into source material. Oh yeah, and I think that sometimes the writers are almost don't know what to do. They're so fixated on avoiding the target of the comic book canon Mm -hmm. that they kind of go off the rails or go way off the beaten track to avoid that kind of intellectual highway. Well, they kind of got some criticism for that in the first season. People were saying, "Oh, it's nothing like the comic book, and you need to make it more like the comic book." And then they did that this season. Um, We see like. The barn that we just found out about in this episode, that's in the comic book. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the stuff that uh, I feel like the characters are growing more towards what they are in the comic books in, in all directions. It just seems so, like there could have been a better – I think – I don't know what was improved by not just doing exactly – like you, we were yeah, talking yeah. about precast. They should be at certain destinations by now. Yeah. We shouldn't be spending what's going to end up being an entire season – or at least a, a half of a season on a plot line looking for a little girl. Especially when they're going out yeah, of the way to I, make it seem like it's a feudal search. And I don't know what it is if maybe they're trying to make like personalize this a little bit for um, Rick and for the rest of the group. But I feel like they should be approaching it a little bit more globally because this is going on everywhere. I mean, Jenner said in the last season that the French were the how, ones to hold out the longest. How would you do that? No, no, no. USA. No, Jenner no. was held not the longest. Don't don't be acting like the French can you know outdo the Americans. <laughs> no, I'm just going by what Jenner said. Jenner is the they held out the second longest outside the good old USA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, I feel like they should be approaching this more more globally. How would more. you do that? Uh, by advancing the plot a lot more but how, than they but, have. But how would you involve it globally? Because hell, Rick can't even doesn't even realize that a CB doesn't have voicemail. He's going to get on a ham radio and be like bouncing signals off the stratosphere. Oh, yeah. And yeah, we still got the satellites in the orbit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bounce stuff off of those, Rick, for sure. Uh, I don't know, but I, I feel like they're just sitting on plot points that God, Sophia is killing me now. Yeah. So and, and almost literally killing Daryl as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's what pisses me off so much about it is she's not only slowing down the plot, but she's slowing down the character. She's practically killing my favorite character. Well, for example, Otis would not have died mm. if it hadn't been their search for Sophia. Yeah. So, like, Shane pointed that out. Like, we would be body neutral if we had just abandoned it. Yeah. And yeah. if we were in peacetime, we would no longer be looking for a live body, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I... Yeah, it, it's harder and harder for the not to, you know, we, we, we asked this in the very beginning, how long would you search? And some people said a day, some people said a week, some people said as long as it takes. But mm-hmm. in this situation, you know, when there's so much to do on that farm. Yeah, and so they've got window- a certain destination. They know where they're going. It's not like they 
have nowhere to go. They're heading towards Fort no, Benson they're not. or they're, Underwearville. I, I or think everyone on the show thinks that they're going to stay here on this farm forever at this point, except for Rick. Rick's not shared their. What little... didn't they mention the fort today? Or, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, no, we were you're you're thinking we rewatched the first season and they had a big debate about whether they should go okay. to Atlanta or down to Fort Benning. Uh, yeah, but I mean that was their original plan, right? So they just found this what they think is a safe place and they're going to stay now. Yeah, I think that's what okay. everyone thinks except for Rick and Herschel. Well, Rick put his spurs away, so he might think that too. <laughs> yeah, his yeah. badges. But they're back out this time, aren't they? I don't know. Like, isn't he Let's trying to be the leader? Okay, move on. Uh, so next scene, Merle comes back and he gets Daryl up the mountain, uh, uses his methods of taunting him and calling him worthless. And There were some really good... Uh, Daryl and Merleisms, uh-huh. like you know, kick off your high heels about climbing, uh-huh. and uh, you know they're making fun of him. Uh, Ch- Chupacabra, which is a mm. blood sucking goat or dog. He's like, you mm. believe in a goat sucking dog? He's like, do you believe in a dead walking around eating people? Yeah, I thought that <laughs> was yeah. It's like yeah, there you go. You got me. Yeah. What did um, he say before that? Because goddamn, I lost my notes. But he said something hilarious before that too. Uh, you're talking about the Slurpees thing? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, people, yeah, people in hell, hell want Slurpees. Slurpees. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> and, and it's so simple. It's just a twist on water, but it was felt like Dale or Daryl right, to me. Right. Um, so anyway, I'm. <laughs> so do you think that Daryl now is going to come back to the group and have more doubts about it and start turning against them? No, because I thought they even symbolized that with when he finally got to the top of the hill, mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, you better run. Dude. Like, I think he's rejected his brother's philosophy. Mm-hmm. Now, and hell, I mean, goddamn, he got shot on sight coming back to the group. Yeah. Uh, and he was still. And he said, I was joking. Yeah, that was yeah. great. That was great. When he popped <laughs> right up, that was the first thing he said. Um, and then when Carol kind of came in there and said, look, I don't think you're. You're yeah. just as good as Rick and Shane. And that, to me, was a phenomenal scene because we saw uh, in the middle of the episode, Merle, his brother, has constantly for his whole life told him he's worthless. He's yes. nothing. Nobody's ever going to love you except me. Yeah. And here's Carol. You're the only reason you made it in this world because I've been looking after you. Yeah. Um, it's too bad it was offset partially by Dale cracking that joke to Andrew about, like, who hasn't wanted to kill Mer- uh, Daryl? Eh, yeah. I, although I feel like that's what Dale would have said. And I, I didn't have a problem with that scene. I actually liked it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it re- reconnects them. I think Andrea may have just forgiven Dale at that point. Hmm. Well, um, she better because she's got a little bit of a debt herself now. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, what else did I want to say about... I'm getting uh, wound up, man. I'm getting scene. wound up. I, I know. We're getting to it. Um, so what's with the ears? That's what I want to know. What is going on with the ears? I think that was just Daryl channeling his primitive badass. Yeah. That he's like, uh, you know, I killed two of you fuckers with an arrow stabbed through my own gut. Badass. It doesn't get much more badass than. And now I got you. Now (laughs) I got now I got your ears. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Uh, I don't know what the ears are about, but I'm sure we'll find out. It's a trophy. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, but what purpose does it serve? You know, what purpose does taking human ears on any culture serve? But it's None. been it's a it's well, a, you could frighten a human by a giant necklace full of ears. But you, you can't can frighten fright, a zombie. Hell, you can frighten other humans though. Eh, that's true. Like yeah. you come across Daryl looking like that with a, a necklace of human ears dangling from him and his crossbow, <laughs> you're going to think twice. Like, that's true. On a big ass chopper. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I've changed my mind on that. There come you around. Go. 
so then the next scene is Herschel hating dinner. Uh, basically, he's like, I can't believe you fuckers made dinner for me. I'm so pissed. Well, what's so funny is that he was like mad because his family did the same thing that Rick's family did. That basically they were presumptuous. Like, you know, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, we're going to let the people. It's, you know, we're all together. And he's like, why are you people doing this? Seems like there wasn't a. There, there was a lack of communication there, Herschel. Exactly. What's going on? It annoyed him that he kind of got... Control your people. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so why does Herschel warn Maggie that Rick's group is not going to be around forever? Does he have other plans, or is he just still planning to kick them out? Or, I mean, what what is your take on that? I think he's basically saying the jury's still out. And, in fact, yeah. the jury is kind of filing in the room and it's not looking good yeah (laughs) the verdicts they're they're not looking good so i think he's basically saying don't you know he doesn't want a struggle he doesn't want a house divided Mm -hmm. so all right let's go to the next scene then uh daryl or i'm sorry dale i always get this confused is playing dad to glenn basically he's in the rv um and Glenn brings up the subject about uh, women's cycles lining up and the women in the camp acting crazy. Mess. Yeah, Glenn. Glenn's gone a little a little wonky with this yeah. whole Maggie thing. Yeah, uh, I, he, that was, in my opinion, his way of working around to the Maggie thing. You know, he's just like, what do you think of Dale's reaction? I thought it was very, very honest. I always feel like Dale, whatever he says is honest. See, I think in a, in a real situation, there would be a moment of like, you know, high five <laughs> before you'd be like, boy, but did you really think, you think? about, yeah. Because Dale knows what's at stake here. He knows that Herschel's not yeah, going to like that asking, and that they're 20, asking to be saved from the zombies by staying here. He's asking a 20-something man, a young man what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. When a piece like Maggie was saying, "Let's go," sure. come on, sure, like that's, that's yeah, that that was way went a little overboard to me. I mean, yeah, you can be like, <laughs> "Look, you 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 know, you you need to do what's right for the group," but don't ask him a stupid question that you already know the answer of. What was he thinking? Sure. He wasn't. All the blood had rushed down to his lower extremity. <laughs> but I do have to say that Glenn had the perfect response, right? I was thinking I might die tomorrow. Right, which that uh, shut Dale up. Yeah, as it should have. Like, and the look on Dale's face when he does that and walks out. Dale had no idea what to say. He was just like, "Yeah, you're absolutely right." And I like that Shit. because he's a he's kind of an annoying busybody, and I like to see him getting showed up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I liked his. Uh, nah, I don't know. I, I just liked how the kid and the old man are kind of bonding here. It's weird, in a very like father and son sort of way. Hmm, I didn't get that. I thought it was a kind of more antagonistic. Hmm. Weird. Okay, so then. We get the ultimate rage scene. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about Let's, Andrea shooting okay. Daryl? So I was actually really concerned that I wasn't going to come up with enough material for my survival review that I release every Friday. Mm-hmm. And then we had to this scene. And I have so much to talk about. <laughs> uh, it wasn't bad enough that she tried to murder my favorite character on the show. But the way she did it, like mm-hmm. this gleeful... Uh, even though I know, and I've been told personally by two separate characters, shooting a gun is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Even though that the baddest of the badasses available are going out there to deal with the threat with weapons, mm-hmm. and as a lone walker from a long range, 
even though, though they're all standing around, could get clipped by the shot. If has she, she ever shot that rifle? Does she know how if the scope is is, is sighted in properly? I want to say she did when. God damn! What if that thing? Her, what if that was that thing shot low and to the left? I know Rick's dead. Bam. Gone. I mean, and she decided, uh, and she didn't even get. We, she knew that Dale is out there. Mm-hmm. She knew the little girl's out there. They made it painfully clear that she couldn't fucking see uh-huh. because the sun was in her eyes. She yeah. decides to take the shot anyway. Fuck you, Andrea. <laughs> you yeah. are just damn near irredeemable at this point. Yeah, that was the dumbest thing that I've seen anyone do by far. I n- never in this series have I shouted no. No, at the screen. Oh, I almost broke. You saw me. I, I had to <laughs> yeah. get up and take a walk. I almost broke things. <laughs> and what pisses me off mo- the most is that the scene meant nothing. Now, there's yeah. a listener that's going to have a vigorous defense of this scene. Okay. And, you know, we'll, we'll get to that here in the feedback section. But, you know, Daryl didn't die. Mm-hmm. Andrea didn't learn – I mean, any guilt that she felt, they, the survivors seemed to be, you know, trying to take away as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and plus she just fought to get the right to have this gun, and the first thing she does is just – plus she was kind of presumptuous. It's not like she talked to Rick or anybody about, hey, you know, I'd like to take a rotation as a walk lookout. She just mm-hmm. got up there and was like, I'm done doing dishes and all this girl shit. <laughs> I'm going to sit up on my ass like you stupid guys. And honestly, she did do a better job as a lookout than Dale. Way better. We need to acknowledge that <laughs> she saw that fucking zo- that that Walker, quote Get, unquote Walker, from a country mile away. Yeah, they they are the ultimate team. She's the eyes, and he's the gun. Yeah, that's what I think. Just give him the gun, let him shoot. But I, yeah, I was just so angry mm-hmm. that the way she came across was like like if that was Carl, and he was a little kid, and he did that, I'd be pissed. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, well, I'm going to show Dad that I'm a good shot. But for a grown-ass woman to do that? Yeah, this felt very childlike to me. Yes. She felt like a giddy little like she's playing a joke. Kid. Or yeah. like, like, you know, she just, the, the, the way she acted and chose to act that thing. And again, you know, I've said this before. She's savage looking with any expression <laughs> other than blank neutrality. Yeah. She's the yeah. ugliest looking, good looking woman I've ever seen when it comes to <laughs> happiness, rage, sorrow, loss, confusion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's not good. So Another horrible, stupid thing about this scene is uh, Shane and, and uh, What's-His-Face run off over to the zombies. And Rick follows them with a gun. What the fuck are you doing pointing that gun at the zombie, Rick? Well, I mean, I think that's entirely appropriate. You've got two guys with melee weapons. They get the uh-huh. first crack, but if something goes wrong, you got the gun. What is going to go wrong with three dudes? I'm just saying it's not a bad idea to go strapped. I d- ridiculous. If he if he shot first, then fine. But sure, that sure. Sure, that wasn't the plan. Obviously, no. I'd, grab I'd, a knife. Grab something else. Not no, a gun. No, yeah. I want. I want backup. No, terrible. I'm idea. dealing with the Walking Dead. I want backup. <laughs> okay. Although I did think it was a cool shot because they're they're carrying um, Rick and Shane are carrying Daryl back, and T Dog finds the doll and he holds it up, and it was interesting because they do a shot where they show Rick and Shane in the same frame. And they both have, like, opposing expressions on their face. Rick is excited by it. Shane's almost like, God damn it. Yeah, right. This shit again. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but I, I don't know. Do you want to rant anymore on this scene, or should we just I'm saving on? it for – I'm saving some of that venom for the – because here's the thing. 
I, I haven't given out the death penalty as a as a penalty for breaking this revival rules. And I'm so mad at Andrea, I just might give out the death penalty as a recommended yeah. remediation step. Just blast her? Shoot her in the head? No, don't shoot her. Because like, like, if I was doing a survival review of the first season, I would have given the death penalty to Merle. I would have said uh-huh. that Rick should just marched him off the ledge of that building instead of handcuffing him. Uh-huh. But Andrea's probably the first one that I've been so mad that it's not enough to smack the, There's Smacking the taste out of their mouth isn't going to work. Um, okay. dragging them behind the hat horse isn't going to work. All the other creative way of hot, red hot poker up the ass is not going to work. You might just need to feed her to the to to the walkers in the barn. I'm all for it because that Do is it. just unacceptably di- disobeying direct orders from the group leader, mm-hmm. acting in a deliberately stupid way, <laughs> as, as as according to the show's own rules, mm-hmm. in a way that already exploits a weakness of the character. Who she's gun crazy. That's oh, yeah. thing. When we watched the first season, mm-hmm. she is very quick about waving guns around. She is pointing them in people's faces constantly. Yes. It's no wonder they took the gun away from her. So maybe that's part of her character trait. Is she just a gun nut? Maybe. I don't know. She needs to learn how to use them. It's a good thing Shane's starting to teach her because any longer and she'll be killing people left and right. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's move on. We'll yeah. talk about the other stuff later. Um, so Herschel fixed uh, Daryl. Mm-hmm. It's basically sewing him up, and <laughs> this is where he says, "One of you people has survived so long." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it is, Herschel. Good yep. call." Um, and then Shane explains basically the change in his behavior to Lori and Rick, um, where he says to Rick, "Hey, we we've got to stop looking for this girl, whatever." Um, which is a little weird after they just found the doll. I mean, the doll kind of renews. Hey, yeah, I, I feel like we've talked thing. about this enough, and we got a lot but of yeah. feedback to get to about this point. So okay. Um, but he, he really, like, I feel the only reason he's living right now is because he wants to look out for Lori, Lori and Carl. I mean, he basically says as much, right? Right. Which, again, Lori's back to running. You know, she deliberately left, left the door open for him romantically last episode. And now she's I don't being. Know that p- she did. I, I, I didn't get. I didn't pick that up from that conversation. When she said, yeah, ladies, you don't have to leave. Are there ladies listening to this cast? Can I get a ruling on this? Yeah. We because need- when the guy says. I need you to tell him. Or did you did you mean to ask me to stay with all the history in that and her just saying yes I do with no other equivalent you know qualifications or stuff hmm. was that not leaving the door open? I think it was. So and, I need, and I don't. So I need <laughs> I need some double X chromosome support <laughs> or or rebuttal at that point. All right, fair enough. Uh, so the next scene, Andrea and Dale reconnect. Uh, this is where he goes and sits down and makes a joke about Daryl. Um, I don't feel bad for Andrea at all. Whatever, she Dale. She was stupid. Your dub ass can't even keep a look at. Daryl's done more <laughs> in, in his you know severed ear necklace than you have for the group in the last week. Uh, don't underestimate the value of being able to repair the busted-ass RV. You mean fake repair it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fake repair it. God, you imagine how pissed Shane would be if he found that out oh, right now? Oh, man. I hope he does. I hope he does. Because what yeah, else I, is Dale doing? At I this would point? love to see Dale get pistol whipped. Yeah, that would make like a five minute pistol whipping scene, <laughs> like he would did with really... Ed back yeah. in season one. Yeah, an Ed style beatdown would go down pretty good. <laughs> awesome. Um, so then they do dinner, and Glenn makes an ass of himself. Of course, of course. 
as usual, and they have the kids at the kids' table, which well, was pretty hilarious. No, no, no. The kids' table wasn't nearly damn big enough for the kids in this. I mean, they're basically the adult table would be Daryl, Herschel, and Rick. <laughs> Uh, they would be sitting at the kids' table, and then around the big table would be the rest of the jackasses, honestly. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I don't have anything to say about that scene. <laughs> so then Carol comes in to uh, where Daryl is sleeping and thanks him for all that he's done for Sophia. You missed the least subtle note passing in the history of, oh, yeah, of, yeah. of anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I think everyone at the table was watching them pass this <laughs> note. Well, it's because of fucking Dale. Did you see that? Dale looks over, and he's like, ooh, what's going on over there? And so he alerts Herschel to it. Herschel just, wouldn't have known. I'm, I just think that, you know, uh, they, Glenn could have played a little bit. Then he, I mean, he's like, oh, let me get the – I mean, that's what the scene – that's what the sound design was like. It's like, could yeah. you be cool, man? No. Glenn cannot I think be Glenn, cool. Yes, Glenn has proven he cannot be cool. Impossible. <sighs> All right. Um – so then Carol thinks Daryl, and I really feel like not only are they saying, hey, there is somebody that likes Daryl um, and values him, but I think they're setting them up to kind of couple off. Yeah, I, and I hate that because she's the most worthless person on the show. But you agree, don't you? I, yeah. I'm afraid that that's what's going on. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I'm afraid about a lot of stuff that's about to go on in this show. I don't, I don't, I don't like it at all. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, I think it's going to happen. It certainly seems like it. There's not. I mean, in the, the given survivor pool, there isn't a whole lot of other options. That's true. Well, you can hook up with Andrea. I, I would honestly would, hate no. that about as much. Yeah. So okay. Anyway, good point. Don't don't rush and putting these people in bed together, writers. Introduce yeah. some new characters. I want I want you to find a real genuine badass, a badass lady to take his side. That'd be cool. Oh yeah. Um, okay, so final scene. He needs to find his Beyonce because he's a redneck version of Jay Z. <laughs> okay. He's a redneck zombie killing version of Jay Z. Sure. Uh, final scene. Glenn uncovers the truth about the barn, and uh, he's surprised. He's definitely surprised. You think? I, I thought he he did a pretty good job of acting. Uh, holy shit! I can't believe this is in the barn, and I'm going to run away. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Maggie stops him in the door, and you weren't supposed to see that. Mm-hmm. In scene. They're obviously not all family members, right? It's got to be people from around. There's like 30 of them. Hell, I yeah. I mean, uh, families are big in the South, but not I would that say big. family and friends. Okay. Or I, I actually, I think that Herschel's got a uh, all walkers found on property put in barn philosophy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll talk about uh, okay speculation. Mm. Why do you think he's doing this? I mean, I think it's this is the fulfillment of the crazy aid speech from episode two. Right? Yeah, he thinks that they can be cured. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think they're lost yet. Uh, of course, he doesn't know what they know. They should tell him about the stuff that they saw with Jenner. Right. Like, you'd look, think they that, die. You'd think the first few nights that they were getting acquainted that that would, hey, we've been to the CDC. Mm-hmm. It's totally fucked. There's no cure. And here's the facts. Like, e- even if you were to cure them, these people are legitimately dead. Their brains are gone. Yeah. You know, but then again, that doesn't, I mean, we've seen that in popular culture where brain death does not necessarily, there's a lot of people that think that that's not good enough. Okay. I'm I'm thinking of Terry Soul death? Is that what needs to happen? Yeah. This man's religious. I would think that he's uh, Mm. not going to accept that brain cessation is real genuine death. 
Okay. Well, I, what do you say to that guy then? Since there's nothing make, you can nothing. say. There's nothing you can say. Uh, it's just like any particular right to life group. When we're talking about abortion. We're talking about death penalty. We're talking about hmm. euthanasia. There's nothing you can tell us to change a person's mind. They have to figure it out on their own and sort out the evidence. It's a moral standpoint. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Well, I yeah. So we'll see what happens. I think next next uh, episode the zombies are going to bust out. They have to, right? Because uh, Glenn riled them up. They were shaking on the door. I think they're going to get loose. I hope because that would shake. That would that would probably you know shake things up at the farm mm-hmm. and and they need them. to do that. Yes, yes. Yeah. I've had enough. I've had up to here with with farm and highway. Honestly, yeah. Maybe the zombies can. <laughs> maybe Sophia will come wandering out of the woods right as the zombies bust out and she gets eaten. <laughs> <laughs> please Swift please can, please can we see this happen <laughs> okay i just want to be there on reddit to see what the reaction is <laughs> when that happens oh the images that would go up <laughs> would be awesome uh that's it for the recap of the episode i did want to give the uh kill of the week to daryl who pulls the the arrow out of his side and then shoots a zombie with it obviously. oh not for the squirrel uh, no, no, the squirrel was cool, but man, when you pull an arrow out of your side and shoot somebody with it, yeah, that's badass. Yeah. Uh, and the idiot survivor of the week, I think we know who that goes to. Um, hmm. Obviously, uh. Andrea? Andrea. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's all I have. Do we, want to go, do we want to go into listener feedback now? I don't really want to, but we've got a lot of it, so <laughs> sure we probably we do. should. Yeah. Um, first up from professional podcast critic, Daniel WB. He has a recant uh, confession. He says, you're right about Maggie. You're correct to call me out. She really came into her own this week and possibly the only highlight in an otherwise sorry episode. By the way, these are for the last episode. Yeah, yeah. These are for the Cherokee Rose. Cherokee Rose. Um, John C. Rowe, he has an interesting take, a controversial take on the the Shane and Lori dynamic. He says, Shane and Lori's relationship, if you remember back when we first saw them do the nasty, he first scared the shit out of her and grabbed her in a pretty rough way. After she takes off the ring, he basically just flips her up, smacks it, rubs it down, and gangbangs her. <laughs> okay. I added sure. some of that. I yeah. freelanced. So it goes, it goes this kind of like physical nature of the relationship on top of the very whatever way she handles the aftermath of the CDC encounter, which I would say is attempted rape. Mm-hmm. She feels like this is kind of like par for the course of their relationship. He even asked her when they talk about it oh. later, what did you think that was? This sort of made me feel like this has all been done before, and that's how they got past the guilt maybe of the whole Rick thing is to go all near rapist when they get down. The fact that she now wants him to stay or no shows me that she really did not see what he was doing as rape and more as a, hey, dumbass, we can't do this anymore. Rick is here, you drunk dumbo. I have a serious problem with this this idea because if you go back, I think everyone should go back to season one and watch the episode again because Lori's reaction is one of extreme fear and it it is not like we don't i don't want to do this because rick's back it's like holy shit i cannot believe what you were doing right now right she is freaked the fuck out there's no way that's that's possible like sorry listener i don't want to say bullshit too much but go back and watch that episode she's totally freaked out she is totally freaked out but uh, there's a little. I mean, the way the writer, the way that this character is being portrayed, there is a little bit of that. Like that they did have this kind of like rough. Sure. Yeah, and I buy that. Um, and I'm not saying that excuses rape, but like uh, maybe 
Shane thought he what he was doing was like you said par for the course, which I think that doesn't necessarily excuse him. Yeah, but. and he was drunk, which doesn't excuse him either. But right, I, Lori's reaction to that is way more severe than people remember. I feel. I all I know is the writers have done their damnedest to minimize it since they so. have. Um, yeah, moving on to Sled Zeppelin, uh, he says, Rick. Uh, again, this is for last episode. He goes, Rick, get the hell over yourself. This guy's honorable to a cartoonish extreme. His son briefly wakes <laughs> from a fever coma and asks about Sophia, so to not worry him, he says, Sophia's fine. Then he spends half the episode feeling like he just strangled a puppy because of this fib. <laughs> what, did he regret not saying, Sophia's missing, we never found her, and son, son, wake up, you've got to hear this. She's probably been eaten by a zombie. <laughs> he goes, let's get back to the zombie in the well for a second. Really? Really? Is this secondary cattle well so goddamn important that we need to lower a person down there to fish it out? How did whoever threw this into the writer's room not immediately get fired? Good question. That is a good question. Had problems with that scene. Um, Same guy who did the Andrea shooting Daryl scene, by the way. No, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy needs to never work again. Uh, John Burn is it Burnthal? Burnthal. Yeah. Burnthal's acting is really bad, and Andrew Lincoln's isn't much better. He can't just carry. He just can't carry a show. Ah, I disagree, man. I like John Burnthal. Really? I like him, yeah. I think his acting is horrible. I think it's really good. I don't know why, but I do. Uh, he says, one zombie in this episode. One. Zombie slaughtering is the one thing this show has going for it because the characters are such zeros and dramatic writing is so lame, and they do an episode with just one zombie. He wonders if it's budget constraints. Although I heard Seppenwall uh, on the pod- his podcast today saying that basically the difference of last year's budget and this year's is 100000 per episode. Hmm. That's what? going to cover three extra makeup artists maybe it doesn't seem yeah. like that's a valid reason to say that this show has gone downhill with the zombie department no and i want to bring up another point real quick the stuff with darabont people mm-hmm. say oh my god darabont's gone and now the show sucks this these is are written by or not written by but these are influenced by darabont he worked on these he was running the show up until this point up until the halfway point of this season which we haven't seen yet he didn't obviously edit and have all that kind of stuff but he's he was a showrunner for these episodes so you're still seeing his stuff don't don't say this is darabont's or this is the fault of not having darabont anyway go ahead uh he says come on writers you have a show about the zombie apocalypse here so many cool things could happen this is the best you can come up with where's morgan I wondered that myself when we were rewatching it. Morgan was a freaking cool character, him Who and his son. Who gives a shit? Morgan's never coming back. That's my opinion. Really? Bringing I, him yeah. and his kid back would be great. And by the way, is this farm uh, and the surrounding town from the 1800s? The show feels like a period piece right now. <laughs> he says, here's how you fix the show. He's going to do a pitch for us. Okay, cool. Daryl managed to locate Sophia and returns to the farm to find everyone eaten, uh, which means we have to kill Ter- Carol, too, somehow. I had no problem with that. He then ventures out into his own Sophia, who he vows to take care of in the way he never was as a child. Now, that would be an excellent hmm. show. I got to say, it's kind of like, yeah, I like it kind of like a Leon the Professional. I don't he's remember gonna, seeing that. Really? It's the hmm. one that's it's like Natalie Portman's first role? Yeah, it's with that French guy, right? The Jean, like, I think it's yeah. Jean Reno. Jean Reno, yeah. And he takes her and trains her to be an assassin. That uh-huh. would be freaking cool. He trains sure. Sophia in, tra- in the it's art like of Kick-Ass, Zombie Killer. Where Nicholas Cage yeah. trains his daughter to be. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Like, something gr- girl. Um, kick, uh, punch girl? Hit girl. <laughs> Hit girl, Hit yeah. Girl. Yeah, uh, yeah that'd man. Be cool. I would and think that'd be cool. they might be writing towards that. Not the everybody <laughs> eating, or the zombies eating everybody, but uh-huh. they might be writing towards that with Carol and him connecting. Oh, 
Well, she needs she's got a lot of lot of redeeming to do, but she's not in yeah. the she's not on the 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 end of the shit shit stick with me. That's Andrea right now. So. Sure, sure. Uh, on to the new show feedback. Michael M. thought this episode was awesome. The flashback to the onset of the apocalypse was excellent. Mm-hmm. Brought back an important element of the terror that is too easy to forget among the current everyday struggles. Um, I like Daryl's interchange with Merle of his memory. The interplay revealed much of Daryl's and the show's makeup. I see Daryl as a symbol of human instinct for the story. No matter what challenges face us all, we have the basic instinct to live, to keep climbing the hill and survive. Um, I read an article with, um, shit, who's Daryl played by? Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus. And he says he's playing Daryl as a wet, starving animal left outside who is suspicious of Hmm. everyone trying to help him. And I think that that, when he said that, I'm like, yes, that is exactly how you're playing Daryl. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I have to agree with what's the, the... person's name who wrote in michael m uh michael m i agree 100 percent. those two points that you made are spot on but the part with andrea makes this not an awesome episode uh but he says he's encouraged that the weak storylines of the season will drop off and the meaningful ones will continue mm. perhaps like survival and life itself trial and error bring some false starts but ultimately important answers yeah okay hopefully hopefully uh levi jeans from again personal arrogance fame by the way uh we have an affiliate link for them at pa.ballmove.com if you want to check out their <laughs> podcast. Yep. Uh, he says, I think the name of the series can now be officially changed to Walking Dead versus Daryl Dixon. Or maybe each episode can be individually titled things like Daryl versus Carol for episode four. <laughs> and this episode could be Daryl versus himself. Hell, you can change your podcast to Watching Daryl. Yes! <laughs> yeah, like yes, that. for season three, this will be no longer Watching Dead. It's going to be the Watching Daryl. Awesome. <laughs> uh, see if that's uh, fan sites available on Twitter. Okay. Is there a danger of Daryl being too cool? He lacks flaws, so while it's great watching him tell Indian stories, combat the racist nature of his dead brother, eat raw squirrel, and perform first aid on himself, do you think his continued success might seem a little lackluster without a few failures? He did, to be fair, fall down a hill twice. <laughs> he did, not once but twice. I think they're writing him. They're they're going to start writing a little more complex with him. Yes, because right? there are issues there, obviously, with Merle. And, and honestly, him. when Merle comes back, that's going to be freaking awesome. Yeah, can't wait for that. Uh, Tom in VW asks, "What's wrong with eleven minutes?" Eleven minutes. That's that's what Maggie says. You you think eleven times? Oh. I think eleven minutes. <laughs> so so he's going to use them all in one session. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking Tom's thinking like five. He's just going to bust through five, them. Five, like yeah, five minutes thirty would be something to complain about. But eleven whole minutes. Wow, <laughs> double digits, baby. Nice. Uh, Dave W says, "Holy shit, was Andrea stupid in this episode? Not only did he mm-hmm. tell her not to shoot Daryl." Uh, or not to shoot, and Daryl and Sophia were still out in the woods, but at that distance, with just being eight or so feet up in the RV, she must have been firing right between the others. Yeah. Yep. She also, can we point this out? She missed. She wouldn't have killed the walker with that shot. No, she would not have. <laughs> so she didn't hit him. Right. Right. Come on. So, which is pretty, I still think it was pretty good parksmanship. Sure, but, but it makes the scene even worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he also asked some spoilery type questions, which we'll cover in a spoilery section of our show. Thorley W. We got a lot of dubs. A lot of dubs writing in us. Change your names, guys. <laughs> Thorley, though. I like that. It's very unique. It is. Daryl, by far, is my favorite character to show, and I love the way we finally had a chance to get inside his head. 
He actually liked Carol's comment to Daryl and thought it was long overdue that someone finally recognized that Daryl isn't just redneck trash. Yeah. Dale's comment to Andrea about what we've all we've all wanted to shoot Daryl made me mad at first. Actually, it's not Daryl that needs to be shot. It's the worthless lookouts who either miss a herd of uh, zombies <laughs> shambling down the highway or who shoot one of their own people for no good reason. <laughs> but I remembered his early defense of Daryl to T-Dog and realized he was just trying to help her cope with her mistake. Yeah, he seems to be the uh, reconciler. Like Dale? Yeah, Dale is the bridge builder. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of the glue of the group. He's trying to keep everybody happy and on the same page, uh, where everybody else is just kind of running around doing their own thing. Uh, Thorley here went a little spoilery, too, with comic book stuff, so we're going to kick the rest of his comment to the uh, spoiler section. He also had the hail of bullets. Uh, he says, I'm glad to reveal that Daryl told them off scene about the hiding place he found earlier. Mm-hmm. He was worried that TWD, The Walking Dead, might turn into Lost, whereas the survivors didn't share important information with each other. <laughs> I'm glad, too, because that drove me a little crazy about Lost. Yeah. Um, awfully convenient that these zombies were so quiet up until actually spotted in the barn. I seem to recall the ones on a hospital in a pilot episode were actively trying to escape from the morgue, but these seemed awfully pliant until Glenn shied to flashlight at them. Um, yeah, you know, I think the show does play some games with the sound design. Like, walkers mm-hmm. don't make any noise until they're spotted, and then they're goddamn noisy as fuck. Yeah. So, but that's just the way the show, I mean, I have to say that that's, just like you hear laser blast in Star Wars in space. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. This is, they're, they're bending the realism to, for dramatic purpose, so it's not, I'm, I'm getting over it. Yeah, that's it a pretty suspension of disbelief sort of thing. That, it, that I can get behind. It is a pretty – because the thing is that the zombies would never surprise anyone if they no. walked around the whole time. Yeah. So the turning it on and off, I think uh, – maybe they just toned down the zombie moaning a little bit. Because honestly, whenever there's a pack of them, I almost think it's funny how much <laughs> layer, layer – it's like, you know, uh-huh. they layer zombie moans like Andrew WK layers guitar tracks. <laughs> They're like 12 and 16 tracks deep in that shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, he says, uh, does this mean that Daryl gets to wear the sheriff's hat now that he's also been shot? <laughs> I like that. Like, you know, they just like have, you know, it's like it's my turn to wear the hat. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Daryl found, uh, found his other crossbow bolts. Pulling one from his body and loading it into his crossbow to kill the last zombie was a moment worthy of Schwarzenegger and its sheer badassery. I wonder if Thorley is a fan of some of our other, like, badass casts we did in the Blue Yonder days. Maybe. Because Jim and we, I yeah. are badass scholars. We, we we study that, like, you know... Scholars clean, of like, badassery, not just really awesome scholars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, like, postdocs in badassery. Yeah, we watch a lot of badass movies, and Schwarzenegger's the top of our list. He's the supreme badass of all times. He's yet to be yeah. dethroned. Um, so maybe he is. Daniel WB has a different uh, podcast critic style this week. He breaks things down the good, the bad, the ugly style. The good. He has a del- he says a deliverance homage. Um, hmm. Is that just the arrows in a gully? Because I didn't, you know, like there wasn't no. Uh, it's been you got way pretty mouth. Too you long. got a pretty mouth zombie. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't the obvious one. I I don't know. It's been a long time. Um, said the Daryl reading as a zombie dragged himself out of the forest. Um, what is he talking about there? I I don't know, man. It's the reference, and I don't get it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, he liked to ever do it in a Hayloft reveal, the transition from Merle hallucination to zombie gnawing on Daryl. He said, did he not get bitten there? I think you you and I are on the same wavelength. He was wearing steel toes. Uh, of course Daryl's wearing 
steel toe shoes. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah, any redneck worth of salt. Oh yeah, is going to be wearing steel toes. Some construction boots for Hell, sure. Hell yeah. So yeah, and plus that's like I think that uh, human teeth are not equal to boot boot leather anyway. Yeah, he may have been able to like crush his toes if he wasn't wearing steel toes, but right. he's not going to get through that leather. Um, he liked the, uh, the kid's table at dinner and Maggie mm. calling out Glenn as a one minute man. <laughs> uh, he said the bad, the generator scene felt like it was inserted after the, all the electricity outcry on the internet. Um, I would think that too, except for, uh, this was all shot before the internet yeah. outcry. Yeah. Um, he says anyone who's worked around an annoying generator knows that you can't escape the noise except at Herschel's farm. True. Especially mm. an industrial size one like that. And where are they getting the gas? Uh, from the gas pump behind the house. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know, man. Because that's not thing. Those things are freaking thirsty. Maybe they've got a tractor that they've been siphoning gas from. A bunch of, a bunch of farm tractors? machinery, yeah. Uh, Daryl's insistence on climbing out of the valley at such a steep location rather than walking up or down the river a piece. Uh, not once, but twice. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the arrow hanging at your side, you would maybe see if there's a less steep location. Possibly. He says also he didn't like that Daryl left the arrow on his side. We kind of talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't like the CG effects on the Atlanta attack. I just this show's not going to have cool explosions. They're yeah, go the to CDC digital, explosion was terrible. They're going to go to digital style explosions every single time. It yeah. seems like they're saving their money for the zombies. Um, the ugly Carol's haircut. <laughs> the general can't. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> the general Poor can't Carol. freak out over a lone walker a mile off in the distance. He says, "I see what the writers are going for, but." Like the swamp monster zombie scene, they lose their way trying to make a big splash. Hmm. Um, and Sophie Palooza, the ongoing saga is bad enough as a subplot, but to make it a big moral play, like they have anything better to do now than they're uh, now that they're camped out at a zombie-free farm, is a waste of valuable minutes. Um, That's true. They don't have much to do at this point, other than look for stuff. I think they got a shitload to do. They needed to beef up the house defenses. They need to get some patrols going. But but like I said, they're already starting to feel safe. Yeah, that farm. not anymore. Not once they. That's when they find out what's in that barn. Uh, yeah, very true. Kellen B is very excited. He says, "I want Andrew to die already. Worst character ever." <laughs> and what's this damn search party going to end? This girl's got to be dead now. Especially since Daryl has a walker gnawing on his foot. They seem to be everywhere. Mm. After five episodes, I think they'd either found this girl by now. This episode felt a lot the last one uneventful. Um a little harsh but fair yeah i don't think a lot <laughs> happened the storyline certainly certainly didn't progress much all right buckle in we've oh got some daryl hate coming in from dan k i for one am jumping off the daryl bandwagon he was my favorite character so far but his character has lost all connection with reality daryl used to be a redneck with impressive zombie apocalypse survival skills who was neither a good guy nor a bad guy he was just trying to survive and the kind of edge and recklessness that he showed gave the group an interesting dynamic while also helping to show that Rick's patient and even-handed leadership skills were needed. Now they're making him into a good guy who is part Terminator, part New Age urban southern man who I can't relate to. <laughs> I get that you don't want to make Daryl a stereotypical redneck all the time, but to play him off as so over-the-top as a good guy has left the season without any real tension or bite. I wouldn't mind seeing Daryl say something racist here or there or have his temper endangered a group some. But please, no more sensitive Daryl that wants to do nothing but find Sophia and speak poetry. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say I agree with one point is Daryl's uh, temper needs to get them in more trouble because if you go back and you watch the episode where they were in the CDC 
he several times was going to kill Jenner. Yeah. Like, he came at him with an axe, a bottle to smash on his head, uh-huh. and they had to physically restrain him. Yes. I think he's a loose cannon, and they need to play that up more. Yeah. Instead of having random shootings, instead of having kids running off in the woods, have Daryl's character flaws get them into trouble. Yes, that would be a very excellent solution to some of these problems. Instead of having people sense. be random dumbasses, have exactly. them rage out. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Jesse, the I still li- love Daryl. I do, too. <laughs> Jesse, the librarian, says, uh, for us, the viewers, uh, he has a defense of Andrea. Oh, So no. you can die in a fire, Jesse. <laughs> uh, for us, the viewers, uh, Andrea seems to be an annoying and careless character. But one thing we, the audience, have to realize is suppose in less than a week she's gone through a lot of physical and psychological dramas. Unlike Shane, we, and most of us, are not at all good at just turning off our emotions or hiding them so deep that they become irrelevant to human nature and the morality of survival. I believe that is a skill that must be practiced and refined. Um, I don't know that if you're suffering from post-traumatic distress that you're more likely to get a gun and shoot at a zombie. It thinks I would uh, think that you see a zombie and you would like curl into a fetal position or lock up or something like that. I don't I don't know because it they're not playing. I don't think they're playing that that part of her right if that's what they're trying to go for. Plus, yeah. stop trying to excuse Andrea. She's. <laughs> I'm not going to touch this one. Yeah, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm dangerously close to getting politically incorrect with her. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, he also wants to defend the act of shooting Daryl being relevant to the story. Uh, hmm. She said, he says, I see tons of potential. Uh, Andrea has heretofore been very suicidal. Her talks with Daryl and Shane has loosened her up a bit. She decides that she needs to be stronger and that's very eager to learn about survival. Uh, she thinks that trying to prove herself was her getting over her emotions that she is, and to prove that she's not as useless as she tries to save the day by taking down a roamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, good luck with that plot plan. Uh, Andrew not having experience is quick to please and get satisfaction, but is extremely careless. Uh, feeling guilt over her own carelessness, uh, she could understand why the group had more than one reason not to trust her with a firearm and then vow to, to herself not to make the same mistake twice. <laughs> Asking for assistance and to tone her, uh, hone her skill, realizing that she, in fact, did not need a firearm, she sees a tiny hint tr- uh, of truth in Dale's reluctance to give her the gun and then come to forgive him a bit more easily. That's just the beginning of what could potentially be a very intriguing storyline where Andrea uh, could become a competent and skillful, skillful, skillful survivor <laughs> that has to learn from her mistakes. Now we just need a skillful feedback reader guy. That'd be good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. I'm just saying the writers, judging from the reaction from the fans, are not doing this character justice. Because maybe this is all a big planned out arc, but god damn, I hate this woman right now. Yeah. And even if all you say is true, it's still, it's going to be like, I I just don't know where they could take her that's going to make me forget about all the stupid shit she's done this season. Yeah. Stupid shit. I don't know. It seems like they're trying to do that with all the characters. Make them all uh, flawed and uh, do horrible things and then try to redeem them and then et cetera, et cetera, you know? Uh, from a website, uh, Marshall Land said, Andrea was a real bitch to take the shot, but at least she spotted the walker, which is a major upgrade from Dale. Very Truth. good. Very good. Uh, Sly says, Andrew proves to Dale that he was right not to trust her with the gun. And does she get her gun privileges revoked? No. Instead, they make light of her nearly killing one of their fellow survivors. <laughs> I don't know that they did. Dale's, He's Dale's a, a, a bit of an odd duck. 
I mean, Dale's going to make a joke because he likes the girl too much, and he's already on her bad side. He's not going to say, you suck. That was stupid. Because uh, nobody else has said, oh, yeah, he's fine. Don't worry. No one's talked to her yet. Uh, Dave L. has uh, calls the episode solid. He says, thank God Andrew didn't ruin the show by killing Daryl. <laughs> um, I'm on board with anything Daryl-related, even him becoming a crazy racist asshole like his brother. At least he's interesting. And mm-hmm. the zombie-filled farmhouse leads to too many questions to write about. How do you lure zombies into a farmhouse? Have they not found the way out or broken the door down with a sheer number of them like they broke down the school gate? And more importantly, why the fuck would you have a farmhouse full of zombies in a zombie apocalypse waiting <laughs> for a cure? Personally, I yep. think it's so Herschel can have a captive audience for his God judge the world with AIDS bullshit. <laughs> Even with these issues, it was still a good watch. And yeah, after I calmed down about the Andrea, On Balance this is a good episode. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Matt A says this show's a lot like The Wire, except instead of an entire slow burn season dedicated to catching Avon and Stringer, it's an entire season dedicated to finding what's her name. <laughs> Perfectly summed up. Uh, Kim S. said, after the rage-inducing scene, I don't even know if I want to watch the rest of the show, let alone the rest of this episode. P.S. How long are they going to use the same plot device to not even move the story along? I thought there was a scene in the preview where Daryl shoots the writers of the show for being moronic. Wait, I think I just (laughs) dreamed that when I fell asleep during the episode. Harsh, Kim. Yeah, that's a little harsh. Harsh. But I can't say it's inaccurate. I mean, writers need to at least get... I don't know. They really need – these next two episodes, they really need to knock it out of the park. They do, and the problem is I know they're not going to. You think so? Because they're going to end like we talked about the other day on the Sophia cliffhanger. Like the, no one That resolution, about. and nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Unless she comes back in the arms of Merle, Why nobody cares. Why do you think cares. that they thought people would give a shit? Did they just know. really miscalculate how much we bonded with Carol and the girl? Either that or they miscalculated how much people care about children. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. It's like they think they built up that character a little bit more than they did. And then when she's gone six out of the – or four out of five episodes, nobody cares. Right. Uh, Dan T. Uh, said that he hopes that uh, – bre- sorry. He hopes that Walking Dead is building momentum like season Breaking Bad did. Um, he also uh-huh. says that it, with, he gives a vote for us to cover American Horror Story. Um, he also says he almost always agrees with Aaron's take on things, and his son's middle mm. name is Aaron, too. I'm flattered, oh. Dan, honestly. I don't think you needed to go and name your child after me. That's, but, yeah. But I mean, uh, that's better than a five-star iTunes review, honestly. I like yeah. that. It says, by the way, I'm a fellow Hoosier and Colts fan. Uh, my condolences on the latter, and... Uh, uh, me and Jim are kicking back some Wee Mac from Sun King, yeah. local, locally owned so, and operated brewery. So, cheers, go Hoosiers! <laughs> Do we have any more feedback? One last one, Doris okay. Day. The Earth stood still. Doris Day. Doris Day. The Earth stood still. Oh, nice. Not I just like Doris Day. Uh, I felt another accidental gunshot seemed strange so soon after Carl's situation. <laughs> My best guess is that this is happening. More to develop Daryl into a paranoid defensive survivor, perhaps feeding into his apparent anxieties and fears of his visions of Merle are representing or conjuring up. They probably should refrain from accidental gunshots for a while after this, though. <laughs> it really you does think? seem like their go-to move is the gunshot. Yeah. We've got no idea how we're going to get them out of this situation. Just have somebody get shot. Yeah. 
There was somebody on Reddit that had like preview for the next Walking Dead. <laughs> Carol accidentally shoots Darrow, who accidentally shoots. It's like it's like this long <laughs> list of people accidentally getting shot. Yeah. Tune in next week. I'm predicting Lori still gets shot. I think they've got to finish off the Grimes. Have the Trinity. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, that's their go-to move. Uh, yeah, they're going to have to make a lot more sheriff hats. I think. So. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, that's it for the show this week. Let's uh, tell people where they can find us. How you can that? keep up with all, see all of our articles, all of our podcasts. Go deep into our archives at baldmove.com. You can send us email about this show at watchingdead at baldmove.com. Follow us on Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash baldmove. And at Twitter at baldmove. Mm-hmm. Jim Mann's Twitter, I'm Mann Facebook. And I want to say before we do close out the show um, about the iTunes reviews, we shattered 60. Left the, it in the dust. Yeah, the goal was to get six reviews. We got up to like 70-something. Uh, thank you very much for those. We really appreciate that stuff. And we appreciate the good and the negative. I wish the negative people would actually – The negative I appreciate less. Give us more constructive <laughs> feedback. You know, it's like it's 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 – you know – I'm t- it's like there's already like three or four people saying that hey if you hate the show so much why do you podcast about it it's like uh-huh. look 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 <laughs> we obviously like the show we wouldn't spend a, what ten hours of our of our life each week we probably spend uh, probably writing our notes mm-hmm. prepping for the podcast recording rewatching episodes editing the damn thing doing mm-hmm. the survival reviews we wouldn't do this much if we didn't like the show yeah. we wish the writers liked the show as much as we <laughs> like the show honestly yeah yeah so it's like if you find like, like if, if you're just bitching about us bitching about the show mm-hmm. like I, I i just wish you'd like you know give a little bit more detail in the critique so. Yeah, tell tell us why the show fails, not why. If you're going to drag, tell us why our podcast fails, not why the TV show fails. If you're going to drag down our iTunes score, at least give us something to you know argue about or discuss or whatever. So yeah. that's my. If you're going to give us the one star, fine. Say, Back it up. Just say that our, our voices sound too fat or something. I <laughs> I got a fat voice. <laughs> I got okay. an Otis esque voice. I think. All right. Um, so, yeah, you so, can support us by leaving us reviews and, and giving us subscriptions, subscribing to our podcast and iTunes. Mm-hmm. That helps us filter up to the various what's hot and yeah. um, top top lists and gets us more uh, traffic and, re- and people listening to us. And you can also, again, as I mentioned in the first show, uh, the way to keep our lights on and our disc spinning mm-hmm. and the bits flowing mm-hmm. is to use the Amazon.BallMove.com affiliate link. Again, it costs you nothing. I can't stress enough. You're paying the same Amazon prices, same Amazon shipping. Yeah. They just give us a teeny tiny little kickback for everything you buy. Absolutely. All right. So that's it for the show this week. For the people who want to be spoiled for next week's show, stick around after the music. We're going to have our spoiler section. Uh, and until next time, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you in the spoilers. Okay, and we're back to the spoiler section. Go ahead and play the next time on Walking Dead. On the next episode of AMC's The Walking Dead. 
Please tell me why your dad has a secret barn full of walkers. Keep this to yourself. You have to. I imagine you'll be moving on soon. We have to fix this. I'll do whatever it takes. No, you're too damn emotional. Take all that guilt. Take that fear. Shut it down. Are you so sure about everyone in your group? I know what kind of man you are. A special look at a scene from next week's The Walking Dead will be revealed during Hell. Uh, I want to say that... A&C has a long history of lying with their previews, and they've, mm-hmm. they've trotted out that day, I know what kind of man you are, business, like twice. Yeah. They're, that's that's going to actually be totally opposite of what they're implying. I think they're implying, like, Dale's on to what an asshole Shane is. Yeah. But I think, yeah. actually, in that scene, Dale is going to be pumping Shane up. Like, I know you're a good man. They're you taking think it so? Oh, they're taking it completely out of context. Oh, wow. That'd be hard. I'm making it an official prediction if we're still doing that bullshit. That they're that they're actually <laughs> flipping that around on us. Well, you get a good a, a good solid question from Glenn right up front. You want to tell me why the fuck there are zombies yeah. in this barn? Yeah, why are you collecting zombies? There's yeah. not enough walking around for you. Kudos, Glenn, for asking the questions that need to be asked. And honestly, I don't see how Herschel's maintained control over his enclave doing going along with this. They've got to think he's crazy. It's because yeah. it's because they're his family, and he's the man of the house. You know, man, I, that's just a dangerous situation. I totally agree. Because those zombies are like Rick's not going to put up with it. I don't think when Rick discovers what's going on that he's going to put up with a bunch of zombies next to where they sleep no and i think glenn has got this kind of like joey from the friend situation where he's trying to keep monica and chandler's relationship secret there's like he's 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 not a very good secret keeper and now he's having to keep like three secrets he's gonna be passing he's gonna pass rick a note yeah (laughs) says there's zombies in the barn dale's gonna see it do you like this yes or no circle one Or there's maybe, maybe in there, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. yes, no, maybe. So yeah, I'm kudos to Glenn and Rick is going to have a problem with these zombies. Um, yeah, man, I, I'd like it's going to be an epic showdown, epic showdown yeah, between Herschel think, and you, Rick because they've already showed down a couple times. Do you think the shit's going down next episode? Because they try to imply yeah. that they show oh, like some stuff breaking in mm-hmm. and a lot of zombies rushing around, and sh- but that could be from next episode. I don't like that. It seems like it'd be a Maggie big... was like, you need to keep this to yourself because uh, when when there's – pardon my expression, but when there's poon at stake, mm-hmm. Glenn might actually keep his stupid mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Like if he knows that the tap is going to be shut off. No, I'm pretty sure he will keep his stupid mouth shut. Exactly. So I don't know that they're going to bust out the zombies this week. Yeah. They might, but if they do, it won't be, be – no one will find out about it until it's too late because Glenn hasn't told anyone. Right. Okay. So let's talk about some spoiler feedback we got. We yeah. got some good stuff. On the subject of Andrea, the dark passenger mm-hmm. says, I love this episode, and yes, Andrea did a huge mistake shooting Daryl, who is my favorite character on The Walking Dead. But also in the comics, Andrea is a badass with a rifle, yeah. so maybe they will be improving her. Although after this accident, I don't know who will even give her a gun in the future. And David W. elaborates and says, well, wait, no, I'm sorry. He did, she didn't do that. So what do you think about... That the other stuff is about Shane and Rick, uh, which yeah. is very interesting. What do you think so about with Andrea that? Um, becoming the sharpshooter, or the they really portray her as the tough, the tough person of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's building towards that with the gun training that Shane's been giving her. Um, she's certainly trying to improve, but. There are going to be setbacks along the way, and granted, this is a huge one. See, I think that she came across as the tough one. 
in the group before. Like, she was the one that was, like, you know, suspicious of Rick and, like, you almost got us killed with a gun to his head. And they obviously sent her into the city to forage. Mm -hmm. But then after that episode, she stuck doing laundry and, you know, being a victim. And I just – I I felt like they walked her character back from where she started off as a pretty badass character. Here's here's what I feel about the writing in the show. I think that the writers are not that good at juggling balls. (laughs) Well, and you're the expert. (laughs) That wasn't supposed to be perverted. What I'm saying is they've got a lot of characters on the show. Uh I don't think they can write for an ensemble cast and keep you interested in the storylines of people while they're kind of in the background. You know, I think they're having they're having trouble with people being wishy washy because they feel like we need to inject some excitement into this story for this character, and they do, but they're they're doing it by having them kind of change their mind all of a sudden. See, they need to think of it in the long haul. I think they need to develop a few of the characters and keep the action up, and then if this thing runs for seven seasons, you got plenty of time. Like around season seven or eight, you're going to be desperate for storylines. And yes, let's exper- let's explore the Carol back catalog. Mm-hmm. But for right now, you need likable characters that the people prefer seeing live rather than being eaten by zombies. And honestly, there's not three or four characters who I'd be rooting for in the face of a zombie attack. <laughs> like I don't want to see Maggie yeah. die because she's the best looking woman. Okay. I don't want to see Daryl die because I have a boy crush on him. Yeah. Glenn still got a little soft spot with him yeah, because I like of I liked him so much in the first season, and I still have a lot of affection for Rick because he's what the story's been driven through. Although, again, I need this, him to see him stop navel gazing about this leadership crap so much. Like every episode, yeah. he's like, "What should I do? I don't know. Someone yeah. tell me what the right decision is, Lori. Absolve <laughs> me of my sins. It's, it's driving Rick. me crazy. Thank you. <laughs> I've got just a shitty Southern accent as he does. Yeah, yeah." Uh, so that's that's my how I feel about Andrea. Okay. Um, we have two good takes about the Shane slash Rick story here. Uh, David W says, um, "What do you guys think about the idea that the show also appears to be letting Rick continue as the all American hero, with Shane being the asshole who does what's necessary to protect him? Whereas the comic book, this was all an inner struggle with Rick." And Thorley W. elaborates, he says, regarding a conversation between Rick and Shane in the woods, at one point Rick and Carl have a conversation about survival. Um, this is in the comic, uh, mm-hmm. where Rick tells Carl that basically while they like the other members of the group, they aren't members of his family, and Carl shouldn't stop to worry about whatever anyone else about anyone else in the group in order to save himself. In another conversation, Rick admits that he would sacrifice other members of the group who aren't his family in order to save Lori and Carl. Um, and that's exactly what Shane says in this episode. I think what the writers of the TV show are doing is they're keeping Shane around as a conduit for the darker thoughts a graphic novel Rick has later on about what you do to survive in a post-apocalyptic world and the mm-hmm. value you put on the lives of your fellow survivors. Keeping Shane around allows the writers to explore these issues without having to have Rick do the things yet that Shane has done, thereby keeping the protagonist relatively pure in the eyes of the viewers who may not accept something, something like that from the hero. I don't know if the writers are going to have Rick go down the same path, but having Shane gives him a lot more flexibility for later stories. By the way, I think the sharpest contrast to the views that Shane, who is willing to kill another survivor in order to decrease, increase his own chances for, of survival and save the life of Carl, uh, espoused, isn't Rick at this point. It's Daryl. 
Daryl, who risked his life to save T-Dog, the guy who he blamed earlier for leaving his brother trapped on a roof, who goes out of his way to save a little girl, why Shane and Rick debate about whether she's worth saving, who doesn't think twice about sharing his stash of medicine as soon as he realizes mm-hmm. someone needs it, and the guy who frankly could survive better on his own but chooses to stay with and help the other members of the group. Hmm. I was pretty, hit it out of the park. Yeah, yeah that's a pretty insightful take. Uh, you're right. Daryl is the Rick of this group. <laughs> Daryl is the comic book Rick yep. of the group. But I thought that that actually was a smart decision from the writers to keep Shane around to have that like devil's advocate position that takes place all internally in the comic book. That's yeah, extremely yeah. hard to get across mm-hmm. in a, unless you have like, you know, Dune, the movie, David Lynch style, like inner monologues. Yeah, you can't do that. That's, no, that's it's not just work. freaking weird. If you don't know why that doesn't work, watch David Lynch's Dune. <laughs> uh yeah, so that's a good way to bring that across on the screen. And granted, it's more of like – I feel like they could have been a little more creative with that, like show, don't tell, you know, in, yes. in film. They could have shown the the inner turmoil that Rick was experiencing, uh, but instead they're going to have Shane tell the turmoil. I, I don't know. I mean it works, but if you're saying that Daryl is the Rick and Shane is the other half of Rick, what do we need Rick for? Well, Rick is the decider. Like you know, that's okay. like in Star Trek. Oh, so you know, he's he's the, he's the mechanism of making the choice. Yes, yes. Interesting. He's, he's like the Kirk. So with their powers combined, yes, they are a whole character. You get one Rick from right. the comic book, right? Okay, I like that. Yeah, well, that explains a lot of the directions they're taking the characters. Why Shane mm-hmm. is becoming a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Why Daryl's becoming like an angelic saint. Yeah, and why Rick is so indecisive because you know, and again. I think a lot that this is sort of ham-fisted by the writers. They could do this better. Sure, sure. But I think Thorley here is is actually kind of making peace with me at some of the decisions they made with the characters. Yeah, and it's I'm going to try a lot for. I'm going to try yeah. going forward to look at the the show in that light. Yeah, and see if it helps things out. <laughs> I hope so. That's a good take. I'm hoping next episode's good. What do you think? It seems like it's going to be action packed. <sighs> Maybe or maybe nothing will happen. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, like the writers could be tricking, or the preview editors could be tricking us again. Yep. So, um, kind of uh, can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, again, uh, what do you grade this this episode? Uh, now that we're out of the show and into the spoiler section. Yep. <laughs> um, hey, we, we like the the spoiler section. Mix you know, it up a little bit. It's free flowing. It's for the true fans. Yeah. Yeah. The free flung adult conversation. Uh, I'm going to give this episode a B minus. Yeah, B minus. Yeah, I was borderline C plus, C plus B minus. It's. <laughs> I'm going to give it a C plus because I said it was going to. It was head for solid B territory, and mm-hmm. then Andrea. Now, like if you'd asked me right after the show at over, I would have probably been like F minus minus minus. Yeah, but I gave myself 24 hours to cool down and take some deep breaths. Go out, did some walking, some soul searching, and I think that it's about a C, C plus. Okay. Above average, but just. Just barely. And if it hadn't been for Andrew's scene, it would have been in solid B territory. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, Anything that's else? It. No, that's it. That's all I've got. All right. Let's end this thing. Do see, it. See you next week.